Welcome to this podcast from the Royal College of Anesthetists. I'm Fiona Anderson and I'm the Education Administrator here at the College. And today I am joined by Afsana Chowdhury, who works as the Workforce Planning and Recruitment Coordinator. And today we are going to talk about some of the issues around workforce and anaesthesia. So Afsana, could you provide an update on the workforce situation at the moment in anaesthesia? We know from current data on anaesthesia, from college surveys, reports and other sources, that there is a shortage of staffing within the anaesthesia workforce. There's gaps in rotors, um, extra work is being delivered by consultants outside of their contracts, and departments are struggling. Um, they're taking on external locums, which obviously also cost a lot more money. And what are some of the issues that impact on the workforce? We know that there is an ageing um, population which brings around you know, complex issues um, and also to deal with and also the ageing consultant um, population as well. We're not filling 100% um, on the recruitment side of things and therefore um, there's not enough numbers coming out year on year. There's, there's, there's been changes in recent years in the pension taxation which discourages senior consultants from taking on additional work and therefore incentivises early retirement. There's also the new generation of doctors um, that have a different attitude to work. Um, they want a better work-life balance and rightly so as well. Whereas before, say, the baby boomer um, generation of doctors, you know, they did a lot of work, in a, you know, and it was part of just the goodwill of doing doing the work where, where it's adapting as well to that new generation of doctors and therefore having a sustainable workforce you know, all, all round, basically. Mm. It, it sounds as though, you know, the workforce need to be improved um, to make sure that doctors have got that better work-life balance. And I imagine that impacts on other issues as well, like mental health and tackling fatigue. Would you, would you agree with that? Yes, um, I would agree with that. Um, we know that the college and especially the, the association, the AAGBI, have done a lot of work in sort of recent years around and around on well-being. They've done... Um, surveys on consultant fatigue, on SAS fatigue, and a few years back we did a survey on trainee fatigue with the AAGBI, and um, from that we could see that people are struggling, people are working late nights, people don't have adequate rest facilities, um, and you know, it's just changing some things around as well, and also support, supporting people, and having not having a culture of it's expected um, to stay on late or to do the extra hours, but mm. also to, to provide a a team of support around people. So we recognise these sort of problems and the, co the college is doing as much as it can to recognise these and bring these out into the forefront, really. And that leads on to my next question. What work is the college doing to tackle this particular issue? Um, a few years back, uh, the college has vis visited... I, I did mention earlier that you know we, we don't have a 100% fill rate on the recruitment side of things and the college visited a couple of regions that were struggling to fill the recruitment post and we we talked to these regions um, we had all we had um, we had representatives from the deanery the hospitals a, a really good variety of people that was there and we talked about recruitment and the workforce issues and we found that that was quite those were quite useful meetings in the three regions that we did visit and we talked about the action points in these some of these were things like you know the trainees there were some trainees also in attendance at these sort of events that we did hold and some of it was to do again with rest facilities even something as having like a coffee machine or something like that or changing rotations as well so it's 
you know the, the trainee's not traveling for a long time to get to to get to uh, the hospital so so some of the things that did come out of it is that these regions would look into the training programs um, and also how to improve various things um, one thing that that was highlighted is that is that delivery we know that we are de um, delivering high training program in all of those regions it's just mainly you know it could be to do with the other things that are going on in the region for example the geography and the traveling and the, again the work-life balance really so these are some of the things, and as I mentioned earlier as well, all the surveys that we've done around morale and well-being, that's also something that's out now more on the forefront as well, and it's more talked about, which also helps. And with population growth, uh, do you foresee workforce shortages becoming more challenging in the future? Yes, I do. I think we need to have a sustainable workforce now. Um, the college welcomed the government's plan to increase the medical school places. However, this new cohort of medical students won't graduate until 2023. So therefore, growing a domestic workforce will take time to develop, and therefore, in the interim, it's essential that the NHS is able to recruit talent from abroad. And uh, my last question. Um, the college has recently sent out a census. Could you provide some further details about this and um, you know, what information are you trying to find out? Um, how will how will this information help with um, tackling some of these issues? So the college census was sent out um, in early January, and it's asking about the medical staffing of the anaesthesia workforce and also the services that we provide in anaesthesia. It's sent to clinical directors and college tutors of the anaesthesia departments around the UK. And from this, we hope to um, the data will help us inform national workforce planners and also government to help campaign for change and help raise awareness of the crisis in anaesthesia. The census will actually close this week to try to get as many responses as we can because this will, this will help give us strong evidence that there are gaps, that departments are struggling um, and that we do need to do something about this. Uh, we know that every single specialty is struggling as well, it's not just anaesthesia, it's happening across the board. But as long as we've got that valid data, that robust data, we could just keep pushing that forward. Um, and we, we, we hope to do that through our census. Um, we know also from previous censuses that we've done that the, the consultant vacancy gap is rising. Back in 2015, in the last census that we did, it was 4.4%, the gap of consultant vacancies. And now it's gone up to, from short surveys that we've done in between, it's gone up to 7% the consultant vacancy gap. So that is a concern. Um, thank you for your time, Afsana. Um, further information about the census and um, how to apply to get into a career in anaesthesia are available on the website. This podcast was brought to you by the Royal College of Anaesthetists. Please don't forget to subscribe so you can keep up to date with our latest episodes. Please note, all views expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals and not those of the Royal College of Anaesthetists.